0: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play, powered by Bluebet.
1: Cable responsibly, call 1 800 858 858. Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling
2: side by side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: Morena, New Zealand, 9.03 on this uh, Thursday morning, and uh, I believe it's the 9th of June. I'm not that good with dates, but I think it is 9th of June, so uh, let's have a good one today, everybody. And between 9 and 12, we'll hope to uh, help you through that. We've got Ross Taylor just after the sermon coming up this morning. Uh, Ross, of course, is now CNZM, Ross Taylor, Uh, Queen's Birthday Honours list, um, and really well-deserved. So we'll talk about that. And uh, perhaps some of the work he intends to do or has been doing with the Pacific community in terms of getting them involved in cricket as well. Uh, just after 9.30, we shall take your calls for a Chemist Warehouse voucher of 50 bucks. Number of subjects this morning, State of Origin. What did you think of it? Uh, Stacey Jones as the new coach, will it tarnish his image? Could it possibly, if he fails as a coach, will it affect the way you think about Stacey Jones? Uh, he's also the, the prospect of two very good semifinals in rugby this weekend who wins them and why. So a number of subjects to talk about uh, after 9.30. We've got a uh, pacing for purpose horse uh, around about 9.50. We're going to talk to Tony Kemp. Remember him? That's the bloke we just heard on the breakfast show. The great Tony Kemp is going to come in and join us. Uh, of course, former, former Warriors coach as well. Talk about the Warriors situation. Talk about Stacey Jones as a person. Uh, and also we'll look back on uh, the state of origin as well, without doubt. Sam Ackerman will have some thoughts on some busy league issues. Brad Lewis as well this morning. They are the panel. Uh, Liam Messam just after 11 o'clock. Uh, of course, All black, chief legend, and of course, uh, now a a fight for life man for the second time, I think, uh, for Liam Messon. But um, he's uh, taking it very seriously, as he does with the boxing. And he should, because he's pretty damn good at it.
4: Sport is
5: our religion. And here is Smithy's Sermon.
3: So Nathan Brown has gone from the Warriors. Finally, the pain is over for him. And it seems for a squad of players that simply didn't want to get out of bed for him. That was painfully obvious when they disintegrated back on Waitangi Day and a second half display seldom seen in any sport. He said as much himself and in subsequent weeks. It's not unusual in sport, it's far less unusual in the daily workplace where a man or a woman looking to find the motivation for his or her players or his or her workers simply can't. You know the boss that urges you to do more to put an extra to find that extra sale to improve those ratings, to up your output, to reflect on the balance sheet. Who changes your role? The one that you are always comfortable with anyway. Well, it happens every day as individuals, we either conform or we walk, or in a team situation, it seems we all conform, or he or she walks. Sometimes we are pretty much forced to do things we simply are not comfortable with, although that appears to be a changing landscape. That pressure brought to bear that seemed to be run of the mill and part of the process is no longer acceptable, no longer tolerated. Review after review is telling us that. As a coach, a sales manager type, a boss at work, you have to find the right formula. In a team environment it's extremely tough because what sparks one person might deter the next. The key is to find that common ground as a collective. Case in point, Baz McCullum. took him about a week to trigger England to not accepting a losing situation and to turning it into a winning one. To convince them that a hopeless situation was far from that. Jimmy Anderson, the veteran, admitted just that. A word or two in the right context was enough. Baz is trying to win the dressing room in England. He's taken a big step. He knows full well when you haven't got it or you lose it, you will never get it back. It seems Baz and Billy Slater have got it. Razor's got it. Nathan Brown lost it. The turnover of coaches at Warriors headquarters suggests... He had a really tough job in the first place, almost one he couldn't succeed at. The Stacey Jones era will tell us if it's the team or the man. There are a few more popular than the little general. Workplace bosses won't, but should take a look at what works and doesn't work in sport. It's a pretty close correlation. The proper word at the right time will always beat the needless one on a regular basis. Meetings don't make the man, messages do. Well, big news for uh, cricket fans, big news for Ross Taylor fans, of course, in the Queen's Birthday Honours list. Uh, Ross Taylor, um, sensational cricketer for New Zealand, has been very quickly made companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit. And he joins us this morning with all those letters behind his name all of a sudden, because he's got so many in front of his name as well. Uh, Ross Taylor, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us.
6: (laughs)
7: Thanks, Michael.
3: How, do you, how are you going to put them all on one business card? L P R G T everything Taylor, and then you follow it with C N Z O. I mean, how are you going to fit them all on one card?
8: Oh, i would have to go start a new line, I think, um, <laughs> after that. But uh, no, obviously, uh, very humbling for uh, to receive the recognition, and um, you know, obviously, a proud moment for me and my family as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and fully deserved. Um, no one would argue that with that, Ross. Look. Uh, One of the reasons, uh, apart from your amazing deeds on the field, which have been well documented, is uh, uh, the work that you are doing and and you're intended to around the uh, Pacific Island community. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you this morning, because uh, how do you you intend to go about it? The the recent numbers, uh, the latest numbers, indicate to us that in terms of playing numbers for cricket, 5.76% Māori, 1.76% Pacifica, uh, and the rest, of course are not so how how do you look to try and perhaps lift those numbers
8: Uh, obviously um you try and do as much as you can when you're playing but now that i'm retired uh, i've got a bit more time on my hands to um you know give back and and try and promote the game Uh, i think the majority of the time it's just getting them uh exposed to the game and and what better format of the game to do it in 2020 i think um, there's a lot of time pressures and constraints in life in general in these days and um, you know hopefully you can go into some schools and and promote the game as you said not just with the pacific island community but with the Māori community as well
3: okay so um as going into the schools i mean you go into to coach were you going to talk about the game or, or how, do you, how do you actually go about it
8: yeah i mean i think more of it's just about to talking about it you don't want to get too technical and um get them involved get them involved in New Zealand Cricket, the Players Association, um, you know, are, are starting to, obviously with those numbers, is um, you know, not not particularly great, but, you know, just small steps. Um, and then I guess the ultimate goal is to have a few more players playing in the domestic cricket and um, the Black Caps, but that's um, a few years off now, um, but also promoting the game in the islands as well. Um, you know, we're... There's a few initiatives that are that are coming through that hopefully, you know, we can have a few tournaments. Um, And Papua New Guinea is probably the best um, nation out there in the Pacific at the moment, and and are not far away from qualifying for uh, the 2020 World Cup as well.
3: So, along with Deepak Patel, of course, you've got a bit of a history with Papua New Guinea cricket. Is that right?
8: Yeah, um, Deepak was the coach at the time, uh, and have gone over and um, you know been I suppose a mentor and. And been done a few coach assistants. I mean, I can't get over how um, you know enthusiastic and raw and talented these guys are. Uh, It was was a pleasure to work with them. And um, you know, I think the more that they get to play against these second tier nations, the the better they're going to get. And and I've had some pretty good coaches, as you've said, and and Deepak Patel uh, and a few
9: others over the years as well.
3: Uh, One of the things that uh, I think should uh, encourage young uh, Maori Pacific. Uh, children, um, boys or girls to play the game is is because the same reason that they do so well in, in rugby and league and the contact sports is because they're physically uh, a little bit more gifted. They're stronger, they're faster at a younger age, which tends to suggest power and pace and cricket needs that.
8: Oh, 100%. I think, you know, there's, it's a definitely an untapped market and, um, you know, there's, a, there's definitely a um, a fast ball. we can buy 140 and, and smack the ball out of the park. Uh, somewhere uh, in New Zealand um, but once again it's, it's getting them exposed to the game um, and yeah. showing them that there's different avenues because obviously they're well represented in rugby and rugby league uh, but unless they're exposed to it then uh, you know, uh, they, they tend to stick with what they know
3: How about uh, the likes of uh, Samoa and Tonga and Fiji? You mentioned going to the islands now you've been to Samoa yet?
8: Yeah, I've been over there um, to do a few different stints with Murphy so. Um Yeah, once again, I think that there's a ICC have put in place, but COVID's um, stifled a lot of those tournaments that they have. Um, but now, hopefully now that all the, the borders are opening up, they get to have a bit more exposure. And, and you know what it's like, Smithy. it's just getting um, used to different conditions, I guess. Uh, a lot of it's played on artificial and mapping, but you know hopefully getting them to go to Australia and New Zealand and, and playing on grass uh, will further their um, you know their cricket knowledge
3: and that Ross I would imagine initially anyway is is pretty much white ball cricket and and, and basically what t20 is that, is that the, the market you'd look at initially anyway
8: Yeah I think so I think um, the the 2020 and 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 they do play one day cricket as well but I think um, you know we're we'll, we'll having a meeting tomorrow uh, about it. Uh, so hopefully we'll come up with a few more more answers, but uh, no, I wouldn't just put it down to 2020. It's definitely just the white ball format at this stage, but um, at the same time, you, know, you learn your craft by playing uh, red ball cricket, so uh, we'll have to wait and see um, if, you know, if we can give them the odd tw- you know, two or three day game uh, to, to learn their craft.
3: Ross, on uh, another subject, uh, you've had a little bit of time out of the game now, um, you know, and you've had time to consider options, I guess. Um, last time we spoke to you, you were sort of um, just taking a, a bit of time out and and making up your mind about what you're going to do from here on. And uh, have you had any thoughts about possibly coaching or continuing to play in some areas?
8: Yeah, a bit of both. Um, You never say never to to coaching, but uh, first and foremost, I I still love playing the game and want to try and play it as much as I can while I can. Um, Looking forward to playing with uh, Central Districts over the summer. Um, There's a few tournaments that I've signed up to to go to as well. So, um, no, I I enjoy um, playing the game still and um, giving back to it in any way I can. But uh, I I did have... uh, I did miss the game a little bit the other day at Lord's, but um, there's also elements that I that I didn't miss and, and I guess made my decision, uh, be be content and, and happy with my decision.
3: Ross, there's so many coaching roles within the game these days, uh, whether they be male or female teams around the world. Would you entertain the thought of perhaps being a, a batting coach or even a head coach at some stage in the future? Does it even interest you?
8: Uh, yeah, I... Um, Probably not at the at the moment, um, but no. I, I guess being a batting coach for a head coach, and there's a there's a lot of play, a lot of players I played with, I never never thought would get into head coaching um, or be a coach in general. So um, you know, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, you know, I've been successful at one job. Um, hopefully, you know, have the passion and to be successful at whatever I do uh, after cricket as well.
3: Okay, so you, you've left the dressing room. We know that, and that gives you an opportunity to perhaps, perhaps sit back and uh, look at the game in a slightly different light. As you said, you looked at Lords the other night. You had a little bit of FOMO, uh, and anyone would that's played there or commentated there and isn't there all of a sudden because it's such a special place. Overall, low. Um, you know, it didn't go well. Didn't start well, and it didn't clearly it didn't finish well. Uh, so gonna, I, I, I ask you about your impression of that match and both sides' performance, really.
8: Yeah, I look, looked at my wife, and uh, as Devin Conway was coming out at two for two, I said, "I'm not missing that um, <laughs> and things." So, but uh, no, I think obviously at the top of the order, we um, we didn't have the best test. Uh, you know, a few of the guys had just come straight out of IPL um, and were probably a little bit underdone. Uh, even Bolty, I think he started off well. Um, you know, we've still got to find a way of. You know, if we're going to pick. Aj's for We're going to try and use them and utilise them. If not, then um, you know I think we've had a lot of success in this team, especially in New Zealand and in English conditions with four things. So I'd like to like to think that they can try and get um, you know a Matt Henry or Neil Wagner into the side somehow. Um, and we haven't played a three-match series for a long time. So whether that's in their thinking, whether they want to um, rest and rotate um, a couple of the bowlers. Um, but obviously Henry Nichols and, and Colin de Gronholm their injuries they're gonna throw a spanner in the work. Um, but no, I, I would like to see Devin Con- um, Conway. Devin Conway up the um, up the top of the order. I think uh, you know he's that's where he's had success and um I I would swap Devin and, and Will Young around.
3: Interesting. That was my next question. Who at number four for you? So uh
8: and
3: and the uh, and is that that goes away from the left hand right hand combination which I, I suppose is a factor uh, but then when you look at bowlers like Anderson and Broad they're used to that sort of stuff anyway it's no great surprise is it so Conway at the top for you
8: yeah um, I'm not faced. I mean we've had many times where we've had um, two right handers we don't uh, make make a point of it I think you just put your best players in in their position uh, Devon's batted has uh, opened the batting and batted it through most of his career um, and you know I think the ideal spot for will young is three or four so you know I think they are only they only put him at open to be opener um, to open the space up because that was the only place that he could play where now there is a spot at four uh, I think that's the, the position for him and, and the team going forward
3: uh, okay so um, the other th- point of interest you mentioned either uh, Wagner or Henry so perhaps we're looking at with Blundell at seven four seam bowlers attacking at Trent bridge. Memories of Trent Bridge for you?
8: Yeah, I mean, uh, played county cricket there. It uh, does t- tend to swing. Um, but like most most parts uh, in the test career, they don't actually leave it that green. Um, it's, it's more the overhead conditions. And, you, and we worked out that when the ball did flatten out, it didn't do much. Um, but when it did, you know, if the clouds came in, uh, things can happen quickly. So you don't want to get too carried away. But Trent Bridge, another great place to play cricket and I'm sure um, with that new stand um, to the left of the change room um, you know I think a lot of the talk is that it does swing a lot more um, so if the overhead conditions um, allow then I'm sure all the bowlers will really enjoy
3: it. You stood at first slip uh, for much of your career uh, obviously you're, you know you're looking at the ball because that's the, the thing you've got to react to and, and catch every now and then uh, but the other thing you do When you're at first slip I, I noticed that the same With wicketkeeping as well You actually make a, Quite a close study of batsmen And one of the things New Zealand have talked about now Is plan against Joe Root uh, You've stood at first slip Against Joe Root On many many occasions So tell us uh, about Perhaps a plan of attack That they should maintain Against him
8: I think uh, you know, Obviously he's a world class player And um, and has succeeded In all, uh, in all conditions But um, I think with someone With like Joe Root and, and Kane, your plans just have to be over a three or four over period. It's not, um, you know, it's not three or four balls. You just got to put the ball in the right area, and he has that ability to score so quickly. Um, so for me, I think um, you know, it's like anyone, in those conditions, you, you got to try and get him out early. Um, but just put it in that channel for a, a long period of time. He does like to feel bad on ball. Um, you know, sometimes bowling that uh, off stump, 4th uh, stump line is. Um, you know, is quite good to most batters, but I think you know, just hanging it out there for long enough, he, he does like to feel bad on ball um, and just be patient. I think you see he's so, he's so good on both um, front and back foot. Uh, I think just hanging out there um, because he does get so far across, keeping on that 5th stump line for as long a period as possible, um, and the ball more often than not in these conditions will will help you out in some some sort of way.
3: I think one of the worst things uh, about the fact that we lost that first test was not just that we give England the advantage in the series, it's, it's that it, I think it probably gave a little bit of confidence to uh, Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad, because regardless of the experience, there was always the talk of Anderson and Broad where they passed, that whatever. Uh, I think the danger here is because of their success, we've, uh, we've handed them not so much a lifeline, but uh, a degree of, of confidence perhaps that they didn't need. So what do we have to do with Broad and Anderson in that first hour, that first session, to make sure it doesn't happen again?
8: Yeah, I think it, <clears throat> I think you're right. I think not only Anderson and Broad, I think it, it would have given uh, the McCallum and, and Stokes era a lot of confidence in, and that confidence would have gone around the team. Um, I think you know, you just got to try and um, find a way of, of getting through it, um, you know whoever it is, whether it's young and. And like them to continue to open um, is just to try and leave well, um, and give yourself, give them the first you know hour, hour and a half. Um, you know they're world class players. The Duke ball obviously does a lot more than uh, it does here in, in New Zealand. But um, just trusting your defence um, and having a bit of luck in between. I mean they took some fantastic catches in that first session um, where you know um, they dropped a few and that Ashes series in Australia. So um, you know I, I think once we win those key moments um, and have a bit of luck go our way. Um, you know, I don't think this team will, will panic just yet, but uh, they know they'll be in for a, in for a fight and, and that first first session, whatever we do, will we'll dictate, um, you know, the confidence levels going through for the rest of the game.
3: OK, Roscoe, uh, thank you very much for those thoughts. Um, looking forward to um, all that work you're going to do within the Pacific community and uh, hopefully even if you can produce one, two, three... Um, players uh, for the future uh, it would be absolutely fantastic and give them that pathway so uh, congratulations once again on the honour thanks for your uh, your thoughts this morning look forward to that test match starting tomorrow night as well. Ross Taylor, thank you Appreciate it Cheers, uh, Ross Taylor there of course uh, Ross Taylor CNZM these days uh, companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit and uh, not, not very more well justified to people uh, around the country to be fair, when you think of uh, what he's done for the game, his image um, and um, his, uh, uh, his, his the way that he has portrayed himself and uh, the way he hopes to uh, carry on in the future as well to give back so uh, yeah, good good stuff Ross well done, 9.23 here on, on SENZ
2: Zero. this is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ
3: couple of texts uh, have come in already this morning. Just uh, one on the reflection of uh, Ross Taylor's interview there. What a great man there. What international team is uh, signing him up to coach. Dale, you can bet your bottom dollar his phone will ring and it probably won't be too far away. Um, you know, with uh, all those positions around coaching staff, not, just not head coaches, but coaching staff uh, or mentors that are involved in the game uh, in uh, men's and women's cricket around the world, every team has them, uh, probably two to three of them at least. So you've got to be thinking, uh, Ross Taylor with his reputation, his background, uh, the way he uh, handles uh, people and his rapport, uh, he's got to be an asset uh, somewhere to someone around the world. So I'll, I'll tell you right here and now, if it hasn't rung already, uh, it will be ringing very soon. Uh, John has come through with uh, a bit of a hard luck story. Morning, Smithy. I uh, chose a TAB trending multi with the $50 bonus bet I won off you. It was cricket. Four times of football options and the bloody New South Wales Blues last night to win 633 bucks. Got five out of six and I've always been a maroon man through and through. So bittersweet. John, congratulations on uh, putting the bet on. Uh, Tough bananas uh, when it comes to uh, catching it. And mate, it's a story I can relate to on a daily basis. Don't you worry about that. Right, we've got a chance now for you to phone just after 9.30 this morning. Uh, you can win a chemist warehouse voucher to the value of $50. It's pretty much an open forum, to be fair. Uh, whatever Stacey Jones does as a coach of the Warriors, interim coach, will it uh, affect the way you think about Stacey Jones, the man? Um, what, are, what do you make of uh, these uh, semifinals coming up over the next uh, two days, uh, Friday night, Saturday night? Uh, who are your picks and why? When it comes to the Super Rugby side of things, you talk about the cricket. What would you do with our bowling attack? Ross Taylor saying uh, Conway up to the top of the order, Will Young down to number four. That's what, and he knows them better than us. Uh, that's where he thinks they're going to be more successful. And who to bring in for those four bowlers? If you have to bat Blundell at seven, which effectively in that lineup you do. So four bowlers. So there's a number of things for you to talk about on the phone line. Uh, light it up. And you can talk about the state of origin as well, if you like. It is uh, coming up to 9.31 here on SENZ. Hopefully on 0800 150 811. We'll hear from you shortly.
5: Talk Back Time with Smithy. Brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Call now for a chance to win today's 50 dollars Chemist Warehouse voucher. 0800 150 811.
3: Could be Rugby League, could be rugby, could be cricket, could be anything that you choose. Could be Stacey Jones. Uh, give us a call on 0800 150 811, uh, sponsored by, of course, the Chemist Warehouse. Chris from Tauranga uh, is first up this morning. Chris, good morning to you. Uh,
6: morning, Smithy. How are you?
4: Yeah, hey, not too um, bad. Not mate, too bad. Great,
6: interview with, great, great interview with Ross Taylor, but uh, I want to talk a bit about State of Origin, because um, my uh, interest in leagues is waning a bit with the way the Warriors are going, uh, but After last night's game, it's right back. That was a classic game. Fast-paced, hard, lots of tackles that you normally get sent off with 10 in the bin that just were let go. And, you know, the game was just... It was a fantastic game. I mean, obviously, uh, Queensland playmakers were good, but I think the two long-headed Stastons in the middle, on the right edge, and Carrigan and Cotta, were just magnificent. They probably turned the match, to be honest, uh, with their defence and attack. So,
3: Queensland. I mean, New South Wales started very well, obviously. Um, what was the turning point? What What made the difference? Do you think um, from that start?
6: I think Carrigan coming on on the sixteenth minute and he just smashed someone, and then his hit up he made you know fifteen or so meters. I'm uh, and and before that, I was thinking how well Cotter was going, the other long haired bloke from Cowboys. And then those two just, uh, you know, like I was watching their edge, and just nothing was getting through. They were just smashing anything that moved, and when they got the ball, they were just heading up really strongly. Um, they would, they turned the whole forward pack, and because before that, Huss and and the other, you know, New South Wales forwards were dominant. So, um, but yeah, that was the turning point about the sixteenth minute. So.
3: Hardest thing to do, I reckon, uh, be a Queenslander and go into uh, the heart of New South Wales and, and win. So for Billy Slater in particular, uh, what a start.
6: Yeah, I oh, fantastic for that whole setup. up I mean, to have those three legends in there. I know Fittler's a legend for New South Wales, but he, he doesn't carry the same um, aura that those three have got with their coaching record over the years. And, you know, like for them to just... Um, I saw the quiet word Slater was having with... Um, with uh, Cobbo, you know, before, he, before they went on. And just, you know, the calmness and it just reminding him, you know, I just think it would have been fantastic. I think they were, uh, the whole Queensland, you couldn't, you couldn't find a, a bad player out of that lot, to be honest, you know. Um, I just think... got New South Wales are really good as well. It was a great game, you know.
3: Mun, Cameron Munster has had a, a hell of a start to the season, followed it up against last night, obviously, outside Daly Cherry Evans. Uh, that That's a, a really good combination, it seems.
6: It, it is, and he played fantastic. I actually thought he might have been going to cost him the match because he was rushing up in defence the whole first half. And I thought any good coach would, would have a look at that and, and attack that way, you know, um, work out a way to, keep, to beat his rushing defence. And, and I think they nearly did on a couple of times, but apart from great scrambling, you know, by the others. So, oh, but, but Munster was fantastic as well, you know. But I he got man in the match. But for me, it would have been definitely one of those two long-headed blokes. I mean, Cotton made fifty odd tackles and played eighty minutes. Hit it up magnificently, and the other guy just turned the match. You know, so yeah, they they were the two for me. So,
3: Chris, what are your hopes for the Warriors and uh, Stacey Jones?
6: Um, look, I don't, I don't think we're going to have a lot of hope with Stacey, and it doesn't sound like Stacey wants the top job to be honest. Uh, I just think his his mana is quite good for for the whole rest of the year. It'll be interesting to see how someone like Sean Johnson plays under him because he's, he's come out publicly for the first time and no one, Nathan Brown hasn't done it once, you know, publicly anyway and come out and said if he doesn't play well this match, he won't be playing you know, Um, so for me that's, that's it'll be interesting to see how he goes now cause, um, you know, because uh, FJ won't want to be for the year, you know, he won't want to go out that way, so it'll
3: be interesting to see how he performs. I'm hoping that will be the spark, you know. So, yep, I am too, Chris. Uh, you've been the spark to our phone line this morning, so thank you very much for that. Um, especially those opinions on state of origin. Uh, I wonder if the, uh, the Warriors will actually end up playing for Billy Slater if uh, somehow that uh, came to pass in the future. John, good morning to you, John from Auckland.
4: Who hey, the Greek, uh, Brad Thorne. Um, actually, played, you know, State of Origin and for the All Blacks. And he compared it to uh, Springboks All Blacks match, kind of, you know, the intensity and the rivalry between the two states. And that game of footy, mate, that was probably the best game of footy, rugby or union I've seen all year. I mean, it hit everything, you know. And, and, and when you have a team of, of a caliber of players that Queensland and New South Wales do, you don't really need to do a lot of coaching. You just. Like how we saw the All Blacks in twenty fifteen, Smithy, as you followed them around commentating them. You know, they, they, they just coached themselves really. So these are these two teams here, two of the well two probably the two best rugby league sides in the world. Um but yeah, that was an awesome game last night. But I actually wanted to talk to you about what a great interview that was with Ross Taylor, mate. Um I you know, I thought it would be interesting if you and him got into a coaching gig and coach the Pacific Islands and called them the Pacific Isles, like how the West Indies have a team. And how Hmm. would that go on a T20
3: scene? I think it would be exciting. Um, I think there'd be a lot of heavy losses before you got um, things up and running. But I think uh, at the end of the day, I think you'd you'd have a lot of fun watching them um, play. I think that the power, John, the power and, and the strength, um, you know, the ability to, to hit things a long way um, it would be undenied. And that, of course, is the secret of, of T20 cricket. But uh, look, I, I just I just hope, uh, you know, if it's going to work in um, the islands, it'll probably have to work in, in South Auckland and um, those areas first. I think that's going to be the hotbed of it, um, getting out amongst some of those schools um, and getting the kids... Uh, out on a a playing surface or even in some nets down at the park and just looking at the way because you'll spot them, people like Ross Taylor spot that kind of talent very, very quickly because they can see a natural runner, they can see a a guy with a natural run up or a delivery or just even a hand-eye coordination, John, they they, they pick that up quicker than Mm. most so uh, yeah, and that is the key. And 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 to uh, Pacific Island children, we know how good they are in rugby. We know how good they are in rugby league. They dominate. They absolutely dominate. Um, and and I have would have no um no doubt in my mind that in a lot of cricket teams they would be scary good, scary scary good, John.
4: Yeah, exactly, mate. And just quickly on the game tonight with our Black Caps, um, as we were talking about yesterday. I think yeah, everyone's calling for um, Wagner to come back into the lineup. Uh, mm. I think the last time I saw any team play at Trent Bridge, there seemed to be a little bit of swing there. Is that correct?
3: That is correct. That swings all over the place at Trent Bridge, and it swings very, very late too.
4: Yeah, so that might be good for our bowlers. But anyways, have a good one.
3: Good on you, John. Thanks very much for your call. Thank you uh, to uh, to John this morning. Thank you very much, uh uh, also to Chris from uh, Tauranga Phones uh, lines are still open Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. If you want a, a late crack at the Chemist Warehouse Voucher uh, Interesting to see also the, This golf is uh, not going to go away This golf issue and some other big names Have uh, signed for Greg Norman's LIV series Live Golf some people are calling it It's actually LIV 54 because It's a 54 hole tournament These are over only 3 rounds Limited fields, massive paychecks, and we see this morning that two major winners, Bryson DeChambeau and uh, his uh, American teammate Patrick Reed, are the latest big names jumping from the PGA Tour uh, across to the LIV series. Both are expected to compete at the upstart uh, the upstart circuit's first event in the United States, including on June the 30th, June uh, July the 2nd at Pumpkin Ridge in Portland, Oregon. Uh, so uh manager, Brett Falkoff, uh confirmed the reports to ESPN this morning. That would give the Saudi-based LOV Tour at least nine former major winners on a growing roster, which includes Phil Mickelson, of course, Dustin Johnson, Martin Kleimer, uh, Sergio Garcia, Charles Swartzall, Louis Oosthuizen and Greg- Graham McDowell, all, of course, former major winners. So it's getting some teeth. Uh, money talks, it seems. It's getting some teeth. Uh, Mickelson, Phil Mickelson saying he will not though follow Dustin Johnson in quitting the PGA Tour as he prepares to feature in the opening event of the LIV Invitational Series near London tonight. Very interesting to see how this great saga will unfold. Will money as it quite often does beat tradition? 9.43 here on SENZ
2: One selling side by side brand Summer or winter he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. It's Harness Racing New
3: Zealand Pacing for Purpose Season 2. Yeah, it's time for uh, our HRNZ Harness Racing New Zealand Pacing for Purpose horse for this week uh, to raise money for Women's Refuge. Uh, we have got at Alexandra Park this Friday, tomorrow, and it is race three, number two, Cyclone LeBron. Cyclone LeBron, uh, and that is tomorrow night at Alexandra Park, race three, number two. Neville from Invercargill on the line. G'day, Nev, how are you this morning?
5: Good, You and yourself?
3: Yeah, I'm pretty good mate, I'm pretty good I'm uh, looking forward to the cricket test tomorrow um, but uh, I was very, very um, pleased with what I saw last night in the rugby league, man
5: Yes, it's a shame that we cannot um, sort of um, copy that sort of attitude and pride and passion on a paddock. but what, what I was ringing about was the last two Friday nights I watched schoolboy rugby from Christchurch first 15
3: mm-hmm. yep.
5: and I don't know if you saw them or not. Um, what fantastic games of rugby is two teams of, you know, between 16 and 18 year olds out on the paddock playing for pride and for passion and using that top two inches. And, um, You've got no coaches running on the paddock disguised as water boys every five minutes. The, the, the scrums are set. The scrums go down. The game is played the way it should be played. And if anything, Stacey Jones should do to his outfit is to sit them down and make them watch what it's like to be still passionate about a game that you play. Forget about the wallets. Go out there and have a look at why sport is played by young people. And my biggest problem is that when you get kids doing that, do we then follow up and overcoach them and over teach them and basically bore the shit out of them?
3: I think sometimes we bully them a wee bit to the point where we, we yeah. bully them because we, we say this is the way you must play, not the way you want to play or, you know, yeah. uh, you've, you've been a good player and that's why you've got to this level, but this is it from now on. I think there's an element of that, Neville, no doubt about it.
5: Yeah, because I, I still believe winning is a mindset. It's about pride, it's about passion, and it's about commitment. Losing... Is the direct result of no pride, no passion. And it becomes uh,
3: look, I, I I did see both those games. One I saw live, the other I saw on TV, like you did. I was suitably impressed, just the way you are. The first one in particular has tradition written all over it. You're talking about Christ College versus Christchurch Boys High. The feeling uh, at that ground, the feeling amongst the kids going along to support their their first fifteen heroes. Um, uh, it's pretty hard to replicate at an age like that. You, you look at an occasion like that and you look at the enthusiasm and you think the game's in great shape. Uh, but I don't think it is because outside of those games, it, it simply isn't.
5: Yes, I know I know that. I know that. But these are the yeah. guys that people are standing on the sidelines saying, um, you can't tell me there were half a dozen people from Canterbury Rugby Union there saying, we must talk to this guy, we must talk to
3: that guy. Absolutely. It's like uh, the start of the uh, treadmill. The start of the treadmill. Neville, I uh, really appreciate your sentiments this morning. Thank you so much uh, for your uh, your input, your call. I uh, look forward to calling back again at some stage in the future as well. Uh, that was our Chemist Warehouse segment for the morning. We'll make a, a call on who wins the $50 voucher. Some really worthy candidates there. Uh, and it is 9.52, time for a multi before 10 o'clock.
1: New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side
2: brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. you got to know when to hold up,
7: Know when to fold
5: up multi. Know when to walk away to run. Bet to Bed live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today.
3: Well I went uh, brain um, brain over heart I, I guess yesterday. Uh, when it came to uh, our multi I took New South Wales to beat Queensland. Heart, Queensland, brain said New South Wales at home first up. Should have uh, ch- trusted the heart instead. The brain not too good. $1.61 that went out the window very early on in the piece and of course the stars beat the Mystics as well. So, wow, um, that uh, wasn't uh, a very successful effort at all. So let's hope today's better and some great sport going on at the moment, including the NBA playoffs. Celtics now uh, to uh, regain the lead in the series, perhaps. Uh, they're at home, and they will be playing the Golden State Warriors this afternoon. A uh, dollar sixty-three for Jason Tate and uh, Marcus Smart and co. So uh, I think they'll probably win that. The Atlanta Braves to beat the Oakland A's. Very uh Low price actually, so heavy favourites. Uh, the Braves here at a dollar thirty-eight, and in the tennis, I'm going to stick with good old Andy Murray to beat uh, Alexander Bublik at a dollar sixty-two. That's in the uh, the ATP tour in Stuttgart, Germany. Three dollars sixty-four. That multi comes up uh, altogether. Uh, Kempy's going to be with us after break if he hadn't talked enough already between six and nine this morning. Uh, we're going to really hit him up with some in-depth league questions this morning about uh, Stacy Jones. Feel. Of course we'll look back on uh, the state of origin briefly last night But it's all about uh, the Warriors and a week that has been uh, And it's only as I say Thursday It is only Thursday and how much has come in and gone out of that camp already In that time uh, Also in the next hour a panel with Sam Ackerman and Brad Lewis Sam Ackerman will be very vocal about that And then after 11 o'clock Liam Messam of course chief sledge and All Black uh, as well And a boxer So he's uh, on the card of Fight for Life. So we'll talk to Liam Messam after 11 o'clock this morning. Uh, In the meantime, though, it is time for news with Araha.
1: Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand.
2: From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: Well I reckon every year you could write a book on the Warriors season, Uh, this week in itself would be one hell of a big fat chapter wouldn't it, it started on Monday night when we heard across the ditch that Nathan Brown was reluctant to move to New Zealand with the team, then Tuesday rolled around and by that afternoon it was announced that Brown was gone and that club legend Stacey Jones was stepping up to his role of head coach in the interim. Plenty of questions around the performance and the culture of the club still linger, though. Perfect timing to launch a new rugby league show on SENZ. Running it straight made its debut yesterday to talk about the wild week that's been. Uh, Tony Kemp joins us, the host of the show. Uh, Kempy, uh, good morning again. Thanks for taking the time out to uh, add a little bit to this. Stacey Jones, of course, uh, stepping up. Uh, do you feel like uh, he's a, a lamb to the slaughter? Do you get the impression he feels like it's just something that he had to do to, you know, to step in?
10: Oh, Morina Smithy. Yeah, look, I, I think we need to realise that um, it's a trump card that's been played by Cameron George and Mark Robinson and putting Stacey Jones into this position after Nathan Brown's um, dumping of the, as Warriors coach. And we've got to be really careful that, you know, Stacey Jones and um, the status that he holds in the game in New Zealand isn't affected by um, the next 12 rounds in the, in, the, in the Warriors' head coaching role. So uh, I feel for him, uh, having been in a similar position, but you know, like Stacey said, you know, he, he, wa- he wanted to, to help the club out. He, you know, there wasn't a hell of a lot more they could do. Uh, he's looking forward to the challenge ahead, and he knows what that challenge is, Smitty. Um, hmm. So you know, I don't see too much changing um, in the interim, other than Stacey probably having the respect of the players and hopefully getting a better, a better effort on them uh, each Sunday.
3: OK, so that leads me to, uh, I think, quite a, an important question. Will they play for him, Kimpy? Will they play for him? We are told, you know, time and time again by Nathan Brown, they just didn't seem to want to be out there. They didn't want to compete. What convinces you they will play for Stacey Jones, the man? Yeah, look, I think
11: there
10: was some underlying... Um, Issues at the at the club w- with respect to the the playing group and and Nathan and the coaching staff. Um, the reason why I say that they they probably will want to play with Stacey is that the pressure valve uh, having the coach removed is sort of released a little bit, and and the players now can sort of go out there knowing that the coaching issues done, and uh, they'll put their put their best foot forward for Stacey. The other part of that too is that you know Stacey's totally different than Nathan Brown. Uh, straight away this week, he's brought in some old boys, you know, Kevin Kevin Campion. He spoke to us on running it straight as our as our guest and said that having someone like Kevin who, who identifies with a jersey and can bring some identity back to that jersey is is really important for him because he, he thinks that the effort just hasn't been there. So um, we're not talking about Stacey Jones... As a long-term solution at the club, I think he's part of the the structure moving forward. But you know, his main role here is to get them through. I guess the issues that the club have suffered over the first uh, 13 rounds, and as as head coach or interim head coach, you've got to remember that that's the the title that he has. Um, it's about rolling with the punches, Smithy. It's a really hard position mm. to take up. And, and for me, I'm not expecting anything on the football field too drastic to change because what we've seen over 13 weeks, there's a lot of issues that they need to sort out.
3: OK, let's uh, look at one. And it's coming via text, actually, uh, Kempi this morning uh, when someone someone found out that you were coming on. They, they really wanted to, to know this. Uh, I, I think Stacey Jones, this is their opinion, needs to coach them on just defence initially to get them to go out there and only let two tries and Start small with offence, let them play what is in front of them. What do you think of that theory?
10: Yeah, well, it's hard in offence these days when they have such a structured play with lead runners and sweepers out the back. You know, most coaches offensively um, coach the same structure. It's just the execution from the better spines is why you see the likes of Penrith and Melbourne, Parramatta on top, um, but you're right around defence. So defence starts with attitude. I would move Justin Morgan out of that seat if he's been in charge of it because he's not doing a very good job. Uh, and I, as, a, as an interim head coach, I'd really focus on that because they need to stop the leaking. And they need to stop the points and and, and give, them a, give them an opportunity because they can score points on any given day. Um, but the problem is, is their defence, especially out wide, uh, losing Fenua Blake and... Matt Lodge in the middle. Uh, they've, they've lost some punch. You know, Last week we saw how easily Manley rolled through the middle. Uh, and and the big blokes like, um, that played out on the edge just, just waltzed over through their defensive, their tissue paper defensive line. So if Stacey's going to make a massive change, and I know Campo would have something to do with it, it's about the effort uh, defensively. One thing, too, the defence sort of went... Um, um, pretty average when Josh Curran was away. He's back this week, uh, although he's starting off the bench. I'm I'm expecting Josh Curran to tighten up the middle of the park for them.
3: Uh, Is the bloodletting finished at the Warriors, people-wise? Is is there anyone else that should go, do you reckon?
10: A hundred percent. Yeah, no, I don't think the bloodletting's finished at all. Smithy. I think. You know they, they need to they need to sweep a broom through the joint right through down through the recruitment. They need to they need to establish a different recruitment strategy, um, and they 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 need to look for a development a development coach. Now it's really interesting listening to Tim Sheens talk uh, regarding you know, head of football and and the second imaginable boy. Tim Sheens basically said we gave him a we had a review we gave him a shot it didn't work out. That's on him. you judge judged by your results. Now what we're doing is before November, we need to look for a development coach to develop local talent and bring the players through locally and, and build us a, a winning culture. On the other side, you have Nathan Brown walk out and you have a CEO saying, oh, no, we've done a really good job. You know, we don't really know who we're looking for, but, you know, um, Stacey Jones is our interim coach. There's such a contrast in the two clubs. Um, I was I was wishing we would have someone like Tim machine saying the same thing for the Warriors because that's what we need. We need we need a development person-focused um, coach that can come in and build it from the ground up.
3: Because you know we forget about this with this latest uh, rigmarole that's been going on. We forget about the fact that the the recruitment department was in a mess not that like long ago.
10: Well, yeah, I haven't. <laughs> that, 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 that's been <laughs> the biggest. Big, that's the biggest problem that the club has. Like. You know you're papering over the cracks, serious cracks, which have been recruitment. You know you've got one one bloke leave, you're you bringing full Gould for who was really um, always looking to go to a, another club and gone to Canterbury. Um, they pull in a, a young bloke out who was an assistant coach uh, for Brownie into the, the head recruitment job, um, but you've got all these people underneath them that really have been been here for a long time that haven't been able to keep the best talent in New Zealand. Um, so. You know, it needs a, a, a revisit, it needs a refocus, and it, and it definitely needs a developing attitude where the New Zealand side is full with Kiwi players first and foremost. You know, we're not, what we're seeing with the problem with the Australian boys not wanting to come to New Zealand and not having positions um, just of players in New Zealand to slot straight into them simply tells you that your development program and your recruitment strategy doesn't, strategy doesn't work. Uh, any top Coach in the NRL will tell you, you have to develop your own first because that's how you build a successful team. Mate Bennett came out yesterday and talking to Ivan Cleary and said, mate, well, I'm coming to you. You guys are developing the best. You're winning everything. Why wouldn't I come and get your best players? You know what I mean? So that's, that's a new club starting out. We seem to have the same attitude.
3: So if you're Stacey Jones I'm not sure if he's been given a brief or whether he's to make up his own brief as such Is this brief to coach these next 12 games with a view towards credibility, um, getting spirit back in etc like that Or is it to coach for the future, in other words how does he use the, the youth that they have recruited, recruited uh, of, of late And how does he mix that going forward?
10: That's, that's a really good question. Smiley. Like, like, it's, there's two parts of that question. The first part, I think, is a strategic move by the CEO and the owner to put Stacey Jones in that seat. They had to stop the bleeding. They're coming home on July the 3rd. And no one, is, including me, isn't going to question Stacey Jones and the money that he holds in the game. So well done to Cam George for doing that. But the second part of that question is what does Stacey get to do in the next 12 rounds when he's basically said that, you know, he's not ready to coach this team full-time. Um, it's, it's, it's deja vu for me. It was a similar position that I took up when Daniel Anderson walked out on the club. Uh, we were in bad shape on the football field. There wasn't a hell of a lot you could do. You had to get through them week in, week out. And Stacey Jones, um, in a conversation that I've had with him offline, is it's really important that he puts his flavour across this team straight away and he does things his way. So he's got 12 weeks to, to, to instil, a, I guess, a Stacey Jones way because he can't work with this team mid-season and try and create, I guess, a, a winning premiership team, Smitty. Um, we need to realise that. What he can do is instil the belief and identity that they need when they come home on July 3rd to carry with them into the off-season season so hopefully a new coach comes in here with a confidence that he does have some good players before the clean-out happens that can start the club.
3: Uh, here's an interesting one for me, uh, and I, I, I'm not sure if they thought about this when, when they appointed Stacey Jones, but uh, ticket sales for their homecoming event. Now, uh, uh, there are they are a, a really faithful bunch, the Warriors supporters. There's no doubt about that. We know that you and I know that because we see the stuff that comes in uh, on text and by phone call to the station. More about the Warriors than any rugby team that I've seen um, in recent recent times. So, um, ticket sales. Appointing Stacey Jones, good move. People will come for Stacey Jones, um, and I think that was quite a, a, a good. Whether they planned that or not, I do not know. But what do you expect then, crowd wise, when they when they do get home?
10: Well, we've been staffed of rugby league for near on three years, so you know there's nothing like a a, a good live game within NRL football. And the Warriors, um, on all accounts, have four four games that they're bringing back to New Zealand this year. So, I'm um, you know I I don't think it's going to affect the crowd too much. I think you know everyone's waiting for the July third game against the West Tigers. Um, if there was an effect, it's probably on the people that travel the furthest. You know that it's, it's it's not going to uh, cost you a. Um, sort of a, a, a huge amount to get into the game, but it will cost you and your family a huge amount to to come from the provinces to support your team, um, and that's the problem that they have with so many so many losses coming into this return to New Zealand. and And if they do lose seats, seats that have already been purchased, it's a bit it's probably from the people that are, tra- are travelling from afar. But well, we should see a decent crowd show up. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thankful it's West Tigers and not the Panthers that we're playing first up, because, uh, you know, if we get a win at home and we do have a stadium that's full, people will remember that and come back for the next one. But if they go on a, on a continue to go on a losing um, run, you know, up against the Sharks this week, you know, lose that, um, they've got a couple more weeks before they come home, then I think the people that are staying outside of Auckland will reconsider whether or not it's worth them, with them while spending the money to travel up to Mount Smart.
3: Kempe, would I be drawing a long bow here to say that sometimes the Warriors' on the field reflection uh, performance is reflective in their ownership? Has the ownership over the years been checkered or not? I'll go back to Tainui, Eric Watson, Owen Glenn, Mark Robinson who just seems to want to be up front and centre. Uh, have we got issues there? Uh,
10: 100%. I think what the Warriors do. Look, I remember a story, Smitty, when I was coaching the Warriors, that um, when Eric had them, he he said he could not buy the advertising that the Warriors gave him through the sports pages and on the front page. So Mm -hmm. from a purchase from a businessman, it was a a wise decision to have, you know, your your investment companies all over the papers um, with the Warriors brand. So ego plays a massive part in it. And we've seen with the owners that ego is probably at the forefront of anything else, um, and at the detriment of this this side being successful or a legacy being built. Um, How do you measure that? Well, we've had 13 coaches since the inception. You know, you look at the Crusaders, they had four. The Crusaders have won with those four coaches a a bucket load of titles, yet we've been to two grand finals and we struggle to make the eight every year. Um, There's such a contrasting... um, View of private ownership and a and a club that's built their own purpose in their own way, and I think that you know the sooner we have an owner that realises they're a back room um, supporter and not someone that overnight becomes an expert in the game and the professional game especially, then the sooner this this club will start to rebuild. But if we have someone um, like we're seeing at the moment that thinks they know everything about uh, how the NRL runs and how an NRL club should 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 run from the football department right through to recruitment. Uh, we're going mm. to be in for a long all over the next few years.
3: And just very finally, uh, Kemp, and I, again, I thank you for helping us out this morning. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a great saying in sport, you're only remembered by your last performance. Do you fear for Stacey Jones if this doesn't go well?
10: Oh, 100%. That's that's the point that I was trying to make. Uh, as soon as he was announced, I sent him a text message. He's a good friend of mine. Um, you know, we played together in the New Zealand side. Uh, he played for me when I was coaching the Warriors, and you know, I've always had a lot of time for such a humble little man. The general. And the biggest problem I see, you know, I see is that he loses his mana in his space in the game here in New Zealand. Because once you take an NRL coach's job, uh, you join the pack. You do not They don't care who you are, what stage you've got. And you can measure that again. You look at Wally Lewis uh, and players who have been great players for their country and iconic um, figures within the rugby league just get absolutely destroyed on the, new, the NRL coaches merry-go-round. I do worry for Stacey Jones.
3: Kempy couldn't have gone to anyone better uh, for those views. Uh, I thank you so much um, for uh, taking the time out to, to help the show out as well. Uh, pleasure, mate. We'll catch up shortly. Thank you.
10: Awesome, Smithy. Great show.
3: Cheers. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Tony Kemp there, of course. Uh, he knows he's been in that hot seat. He knows exactly what it's like. Uh, we'll be back very shortly with a the panel. There'll be more rugby league on that too.
2: Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Big talk, big opinions, the panel.
3: and there will be some big talk and some big opinions this morning with Sam Ackerman and Brad Lewis on the panel Brad if I can start with you please state of origin one Queensland 16 the Blues 10 that was an upset Cameron Munch the man of the match performance amazing
7: well first of all uh, very good morning to Sam Ackerman and um, go the Maroons uh, but yeah what a what a wonderful game of rugby league last night I'm um, just impressed with with both teams I thought both teams are really good Queensland dominated really when you look at it and towards the end of the game, the last sort of 10-15 minutes it kind of felt like New South Wales were going to run over the top of them because, you know, they didn't make the most of their opportunities that they had for the first sort of 20 minutes of the second half but Cameron Munster, man, unbelievable a million dollar player right there what that man is worth, I guess we'll find out at the end of his contract uh, and by all accounts the Dolphins are hunting around for him, but what a great game uh, State of Origin has been missing Uh, a physical hard-fought close contest like that for like the last sort of three or four years, Uh, this game will stick in memory for a long time for me. I thought it was just a great game of rugby league between probably the two best rugby league teams on the planet.
3: Sam Ackerman, great start for Billy Slater.
12: Yeah, well, it's not that newsworthy, Ian. I, mean, I don't know why we're wasting our time talking about it, really. Um, you know, As a New South Wales fan, I, I, take, uh, I take great uh, eye-rolling pleasure in hearing Brad saying, oh, there hasn't been any good footy played in the past three or four years while Queensland's been predominantly losing. It's t- a typical Queensland attitude. But the Maroons definitely earned this win. Uh, they played some very good footy, some very smart footy, uh, and I think that Rather than necessarily out-coaching uh, New South Wales and Brad Fittler, I certainly think Billy Slater uh, out-selected. I think the the team selections were inspired, uh, and I'm listen. I'm no fan of of Ben Hunt. I've seen him fail on the big stage so often. I was. I was a little bit kind of dubious about the the process of starting him ahead of Harry Grant, but the rotation that those two had at no stage was Queensland anything but explosive at a dummy half for the full uh, 80 minutes. So that was uh, thoroughly impressive, and I believe the difference uh, between the game. Yep, Munster was was wonderful, of course, but the real difference was they always had that go-forward spark from dummy half, Whereas New South Wales had no backup for Damien Cook on the bench, uh, the selection of Stephen Crichton, a centre in the 14 jersey was definitely a mistake. Uh, The selection of Jack Wyden at centre is fine. He was wonderful. uh, But you don't carry an extra centre just because of that. Uh, I I thought there were some errors in the way the team was picked and that is something that uh, they're going to have to address you. Uh, I don't care uh, how well the uh, the wingers uh, end up playing. I, I can't possibly fathom going into Origin without uh, Josh Adokar. He performs so well at that stage, uh, even if he's not playing well the dogs. We've seen a lot of players play poorly at club form, but come when they are, you know, those players that are... As Gus Gould would say, or as employers, uh, they do step up, and he's one of them. So there's a lot of a lot of uh, great cattle missing, but um, it's it's made it's made for a wonderful start this series. Queensland deserve it, um, but I'm I'm not going to wave the uh, the white or blue flag just yet.
3: Sam Ackerman, a week in the life of the Warriors, um, I'm not sure it's been unparalleled, it probably has been if I think far, far enough back, it's like a, a, a year in the life or two years in the life of a lot of other franchises it seems, but now since the last time I spoke to you Brown has gone, Stacey Jones is in, uh, what are your overall thoughts?
12: Stacey Jones, for what he is, let's be very clear, Stacey Jones is coming in as an interim coach, is a great selection. Uh, if you're looking for someone to be the head coach for a long term, I'd say someone like Justin Morgan, if you're going to go internal, has got you know more likely to have the drive, desire to want to be the head coach. I've been lucky enough to have I mean, I've followed Stacey Jones very closely through his um, playing career and interviewing him, got to know him well um, through the line. At no point in any conversation have I ever had with Stacey Jones dating back uh, 20 years, has he ever said, or when I've asked him, would you want to be head coach, he's <laughs> flatly said no, quite, quite often, quite regularly. Now, that doesn't mean that you know, things can't change, but I, I don't think he has the drive for that pressure. Bringing the, a man who is synonymous and you'd argue between him and Simon Manoring, the ultimate warriors of, of this franchise, bring him into uh, pick this team up when they're on the floor is a great move because which warrior is not going to put in, which warrior is going to be prepared to go back and look at Stacey Jones in the eyes after a game as the head coach and say that they didn't put in for the club. I, I think that uh, was seen in the NRL when you change a coach uh, through uh, mid-season slump quite often through the course of history, you see a little spike in form. It may just be temporary, uh, but I think that Stacey Jones will lift, um, lift the game and, and get a uh, move the needle, at least, on, on the Warriors' attitude and, and dedication in games. So that's good. Nathan Brown had to go, no problems um, with that at all. Uh, once he joined the ridiculous crew of people who didn't want to play uh, in New Zealand, and I understand the circumstances change, uh, and he put his hand up, that's fine, that's good Good to move on. The Nathan Brown era, won't be re- remembered with any kind of uh, anything special. I'd go as far to say that of any coach that's come in to coach the Warriors, he's the one that I just couldn't understand the selection of the most, um, but you know it's mm. it's done and dusted now. The Warriors have to pick smart for the next coach. No, don't rush it. Make sure they get it right. Um, but I'm I'm excited about what the Warriors can produce in the uh, the next few weeks. As far as a team you want to watch play, not necessarily win, but he also does have that uh, little boost of coming home, doesn't he? A home game in a few weeks to look forward to.
3: Uh, Brad Lewis I'll come to you shortly on the, the same issue there and uh, I'm, I might ask you, is, uh, you the Nathan Brown era uh, is not one we want to remember too much so what about the Mark Robinson era shall we go a little bit deeper a little bit further back to the core uh, and say the Mark R- Robinson era what's that been like uh, from an ownership point of view but uh, I'll give you 30 seconds to a minute to think about it Brad uh, in the meantime we'll go to uh, Araha with uh, a 10.30 update here on SENZ
5: talk
3: big opinions the panel Sam Ackerman uh, is on the panel this morning as is Brad Lewis and uh, Brad you heard uh, Sam's input uh, around about the Stacey Jones uh, introduction into the head coaching role uh, what do you, you make of that and uh, the overall era this era
7: under Mark Robinson the owner Um, just in regards to Stacey Jones-Smithy just release the shackles, right? Like this team has been playing like they've got one leg for the whole entire season and in general the Nathan Brown era even under Steve Kearney there was a little bit more of ad-lib football and I just, you know hopefully Stacey will do what Brendan McCullum does to the England cricket team and just gives the guys confidence to go out there and express themselves and you know there's nothing to lose now they know they're not going to he's not going to be their coach next season um he said as much at his press conference the other day that this is a short-term solution for the club that he loves just release the shackles and let the guys play rugby league and, and and try and cause a few upsets and and just see how far they can get this year and and look if they play exciting rugby league and still lose at least all the, the fans will be pleased that, that they're trying to win games instead of trying to grind out, um, you know, tiny losses, which is, to me, what it seemed like they've been doing under Nathan Brown for the last month and a half. Um, as far as Mark Robinson goes, the guy talked a massive game when he came in and bought the club, and full credit to him for putting his, his finances into the club, but there's been a lot of sort of niggly stories around Mark Robinson, and I don't know the guy, don't know much of his background and stuff like that, but the whole Matt Lodge story, to me, Reeks of of something smelly, uh, and uh, I just I don't know. There's something about him that 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 I haven't been that impressed with. When 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 he dropped Stephen Kearney, when he fired Stephen Kearney, the the talk was we're going to get in a great elite top level coach. You know a Craig, you know not Craig Bellamy, but a Craig Bellamy type, like a Craig Fitzgibbon or or someone like that. And we got Nathan Brown, who's got a, like a forty percent record as a coach in the NRL. The only winning percentage he's ever had was coaching, I think, Huddersfield in the in the Super League. Sam will correct me on that, uh, but just we just need to be inspired. And I'm not inspired by Mark Robertson. Um, I am inspired by Stacey Jones. And and look, I like Cam He Fronts the media. He, he he speaks on the front foot. I think he's been handed a hospital pass under this new ownership. Uh, but, yeah, we just need to see something change. And how long have we been it's so frustrating as a passionate Warriors fan that, you know, Stephen Kearney let go two months into the COVID era and nothing's changed. Nothing has changed. The team has gone backwards since Steve Kearney left.
3: Mm. Uh, do you want any, any final comment on the ownership side of it, Sam?
12: Uh, I've made my thoughts clear on it before. Is that uh, the Warriors need uh, to be have somebody put their hands in their pockets, and you don't buy a team like the Warriors if you're an accountant and sensible. Um, so you, we're always going to have somebody with either an ego or who's a bit of a cowboy, and uh, there will be, you know. He owns the club. He gets to do it his way. And I believe that whether he's making the right call or not, he thinks he's making the right call. I don't think he's, there's any self-sabotage or screw you all along the way. I think he actually thinks he's, uh, he's, he's doing the right thing along the way. So I'm, I'm all right with it. Um, and I, with Cameron George and with um, Mark, uh, I I'm, I'm personally give them a little bit of leeway for the uh, the unusual circumstances of the past years. Trying to be effective in that scenario has been difficult.
3: Right, let's uh, change tack a little bit uh, Not such better, too much better news Because we're talking cricket here And the Black Caps are, are already 1-0 down in the series But how about uh, the comments from James Anderson uh, overnight uh, Where he said uh, he found inspiration from Brendan McCullum Right from the get-go um, and, and the fact that they were in a losing situation And he sent them home to, to have a good night's sleep Thinking, well, no, we win from this point We don't lose from this point Something England uh, hadn't experienced for quite some time, and it—I don't know—does it rain true around uh, any franchise around here? Brendan McCullum's uh, immediate input to England. Uh, what have you made of that, Sam?
12: Well, we we, we knew that he'd give them uh, a, a bit of belief, but I, I didn't when they came out just before the uh, the first test and said they are making feeling like ten foot tall and bulletproof. I'm thinking, here we go, uh, this is good. But now the thing is, is that they're still vulnerable, right? They 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 we didn 't see a performance that was dominant, and they weren 't um, uh, owning every area of the game and quite frankly the the Black caps lost that test more than England won it in my personal opinion with the with the top order but it's a it's a scenario that England aren't used to uh, having somebody. You know, it's it's like that. You know, the, the puppy that's been put in the uh, SBCA. You, know, you take him home and he's uh, he, you've got to pat him and he winces because he's used to being kicked so often. When you finally get that uh, that kind of freedom and the love and the attention to be the uh, the you want to be, and away they'll go. That you know, their, their tail is literally wagging. So it's a uh, it's a good situation for them to be in. Uh, and Brendan McCullum, we we all know in New Zealand, and certainly you know Smithy you know very well as does brad the, the type of uh, influence he can be on a team it's, he's changed cultures everywhere he's gone so i'm not surprised he's done it there
3: uh, brad what he made of that
7: well he has one of the best batsmen in the world in joe root and you can basically build a team around that like you know you're going to get a century from him in every second test match unless he's playing australia right so uh yeah a fan- fantastic effort from them um but you know Daryl Mitchell and Tom Blundell batted superbly. They had a chance to win that game for New Zealand or at least put the game to bed, and they failed. And, you know, despite the fact that Mitchell scored a great century, he needed to go on, and, and, and so did Tom. Um, obviously, the run-out with Colin DeGronholm. Joe Root took, took the game on his shoulder and won that game. I'm sure he was inspired by whatever the words were that Baz was saying. But we, we knew we were going to get that. We knew that no matter what the situation Brennan McCullum was going to tell his team that they could win that game. Um, and certainly going into that third day's play in New Zealand were probably an 80% chance of winning the test. And, you know, thanks to a, a couple of uh, moments, um, the game swung the other way. Um, but I'm not surprised that England feel that way. I, I, he would, I've met Brennan McCullum once in my life, and, I, I you know, I was... I was taken aback by just his charisma and um, he had me, he had me invested. So, uh, and I was, I just had a five minute conversation with the guy. So uh, yeah, I can totally see that he has inspired that team to do great things.
3: Someone else who's inspired at Brett over the years has been Neil Wagner uh, through performance mainly uh, and guts, determination, heart, all those uh, lovely little uh, nouns that you like to throw in there. Um, but they haven't played him um, in a couple of losing test matches uh, in the last uh, four or five months. Would you play him at Trent Bridge near
7: Wagner? I would. Uh, and look, I love Aj Patel, but if he's only going to bowl a couple of overs, then why aren't you playing Neil Wagner? Like, uh, he could have, he could have, he could have been the difference maker on that last day, or even the the start of the the folks and Root partnership on on the third third evening. Uh, he could have been the difference. Uh, who knows? Uh, you know that that pressure that he provides can set up wickets at the other end. So, uh, or, or for himself. So, I think he needs to play every Test match until he, like, you know, he's, he's good on any condition.
3: And uh, I tend to agree with you there because, I mean, if anyone can put um, words into action, um, like Brendan McCullum was demanding for out of England, then uh, I think uh, Sam Mackerman Neil Wagner, can do it for us.
12: Oh, he's, he, he is amazing. I, I, I can't imagine leaving him out of any team I ever pick, and, and I, I include any format. I know he's, he's not exactly a T20 specialist, but in the effort area, I would pick. Wagner in in every bloody game I I personally think he's the the cricketer that, um, my son's met him down here a couple of times in a couple of sessions and he is my son's favourite cricketer because A, he's a lovely bloke, signs autograph but he also puts in for every ball, competes for every every little bit of him goes into every single delivery and he's got an eternal supply of it so I would never leave that out of a Test match, not ever
3: no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think he's a must for Trent Bridge, the more and more I think about it. Uh, netball, actually. Uh, fellas, we've changed uh, uh, t- quite a long way here. Um, right throughout the season, we've been talking about how good the Mystics were, and uh, it was just a fait accompli, really, who was going to come second uh, behind them. But all of a sudden, we uh, find last night they were knocked over by the Stars. They cannot win the ANZ Premiership Final. Um, it's uh, Stars or the Pulse, Sam, which is a bit of a turnaround.
12: Yeah, look, the the pulse have been uh, have been there or thereabouts um, for the last year, two or three seasons. So seeing them there shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. They've got a a very strong squad, but it's awesome to see the stars there. We all kind of scratched our heads originally when we heard that uh, there's going to be two um, Auckland-based teams, the Mystics and the Stars, both. Um, we needed to kind of get a feel of what was going on there, but I think that, that the stars have, have proven that they've got their own identity and wonderful. It's, this is uh, Nipple's version of the, of the um, Broncos um, losing to the Cowboys and in, uh, in a big game in the NRL or. North Harbour getting up on top of Auckland, all that type of thing, it is a moment to um, be defining, and this is a defining moment from the stars. My fear is that they may have played their final to beat the Mystics, you, it's, you're beating a champion team, literally the defending champion team, uh, to move through. To finish that job now against the Pulse will be a, a major challenge in my opinion, but it, it should make it, it's got the hallmarks of a good final and a lot of even matchups through through the court.
3: Okay um to a couple of uh, one word answers out of both of you uh, for me uh, straight away Brad Lewis uh going, looking forward to mm. the weekend crusaders or chiefs Crusaders Blues Brumbies Blues overall in 2 weeks time Blues bye bye Okay Sam Mac are oh, you by Okay Sam Ackerman, Crusaders Chiefs
12: uh, I'll. Follow the same pattern I'm, I'm, I'm Crusaders uh, up, I'm Blues up And I can't tip against the Blues Unless they give me reason, um, reason not to this week
3: Okay Thanks fellas, uh, Sam Ackerman and Brad Lewis There was some forthright opinion Particularly on those league subjects Which are hot, hot, hot at the moment And I've had some texts in uh, this morning about that And in the next hour we'll uh, read through uh, As many of those as we can get through 10.43, back shortly
1: Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side
2: brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: A number of texts have come to hand, Smithy. The Breaker boys talked about the, the All Whites. Of course, that massive match coming up, biggest match in sport. We uh, haven't even really started to focus on that yet. We will next week, don't worry about that. Is SENZ covering the game on Wednesday? Watch the space, Tony. And you're right, we will be celebrating like mad Monday if they win. Could not uh, agree with you more. Uh, Stephen says, uh, Smithy, good to hear from Ross Taylor. I coach boys rugby and cricket in South Auckland, and getting Pacific Island boys to play cricket after rugby is impossible. A couple do, but hundreds don't. Come over to the thoroughbred and Takaninny and have a beer with Ed, me, and Sir Bob Vance. Wow, that sounds like a session and a half. One uh, either to be avoided, perhaps, Stephen, or not to be avoided, whichever way you look at it. Uh, hi Smith, uh, I think this is from Barry I think you'll find uh, similar to the St Thomas's boys already have NRL contracts uh, with Australians, uh, Australian teams that's interesting to know uh, that uh, the Scouts have been down that way to Christchurch Secondary School Rugby and uh, had a, a little nosy about what's going on. Uh, Smithy traditions may be fine and they're talking about the golf here but it doesn't pay the lifestyle you live like the money does. That's from George and he is so right It's swaying the opinions of uh, a lot of Uh, The best golfers in the world, all of a sudden, it's starting to become a lot more of a contest, the PGA, uh, against the LIV. Uh, Neil has uh, come in and said, uh, Hi Ian, rather than putting the boot into Mark Robinson every five minutes, can I respectfully suggest you or one of your colleagues get Mark on for an interview? I'm not a fan of uh, Rugby League or the Warriors, but I've met Mark and he's so passionate about both. Mike Hosking did a great interview with him this morning, of course uh, on another station. Do um, your own interview, then give an informed opinion. I will listen to that interview, uh, Neil. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, uh, I hope to think that uh, I'm usually better informed. So that's uh, your opinion. I'll uh, I'll have a think about that and also have a chat to Kempy to see which one of us is better qualified, or Staffy for that matter, qualified to get um, Mark Robinson on our station. Wouldn't uh, uh, would not uh, not want to do it. Put it that way. 10:50 here on SENZ, Louis and the TAB. I think it's Pitt Morris this morning uh, before 11 o'clock.
5: The loveracing.nz update Your home for everything Thoroughbred racing Visit loveracing.nz Racing's biggest fan
3: Joined by Louis Herman Watt of course And uh, Louis racing at Harwara Today, 7 races beginning just a tick After midday, Uh, racing in Taranaki usually means look out for the local Trainers
0: Yeah, 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 100% You got it, although with that being said, I noticed today that um, Stephen Marsh has a big raid on. I'm not sure what's going on with Marsh. Maybe just lots of his wet track is ready to go on the same day. But he takes a, a nice team over there, and then you're right. You've got your locals. And uh, Stevie Nicks is one I'd best be very wary of for Alan Sharrick. I mean, is mm. a name we know so well in race number five. This thing's had no public trials uh, since its first start. It ran a really tidy fit that day. It's in a weaker field today. Good barrier. Joe Camerudin, just quietly. And lethal, and this actually tipped us off to this. He's a good young rider. And Joe Camerudin is hes nearly done with his apprenticeship. So he should be. Right now, you're still stealing a kilogram off, and he's hes riding like a senior rider. So Stevie Nicks could be one. As I say, watch out for Marshy's team. Uh, Kevin Myers have a couple going around. Uh, Bill Thurlow, Establishment's probably due another winning turn, I would have thought, mm. in race number seven. So all of the classic for a um, to, to kick us off into tomorrow, which is a big day of racing as well. Oh, Saturday, I should
3: say. Yeah, big day on Saturday with Eagle Farm, of course. Uh, it's Stradbroke Day. Uh, and uh, talking a little bit about it and the former Kiwi at five bucks.
0: Yeah, Ifraj, son of Ifraj, can gallop. Um Not quite in his best form this prep, but I wouldn't have an issue with backing him. Oh, I, I think he's drawn, isn't he drawn sickeningly wide? Um mm. yeah, we we'll what's that one. Um, um any advice for me, Smithy? I'm gonna be with Izzy on Saturday and um, and Izzy and me haven't actually had a day on the punt a Saturday on the punt together before. Is any tips? I mean he's the prodigal son of Bay, of course, so we know he gets a bit happy, but any tips to to deal with dagger for a whole weekend?
3: Yeah, just wear a hat. Is that okay? wear, a hat. wear a hat wear a hat? Yeah, because um Whatever you do, your hair will look better than him anyway. But you know, just wear a hat. Just wear a hat. Just be. You know why? Because it it won't make him feel so bad. Uh, if you've got a hat covering up your mop, uh, it won't make him feel so bad. So that would be my tip for a very pleasant, uh, nice weekend. So I'd just wear a hat. So Anyway, before you have a chance to answer that, and as he has a chance to thump me, I'm going to go across to Pip Morris at the TAV. Pip, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, Greyhound Racing Today, Cambridge and Addington, and basketball this afternoon.
11: Good morning, Smithy. Yes, certainly plenty to look forward to. And just quickly at Cambridge, don't mind Butter in race two. He actually dead-headed with the short 180 favourite in that race, and he's at 3.8. So I do think he's a nice bet and thrilling Watson in race 10 off box three. And for the basketball things I can tell you that there's more than seventy five percent of head to head bets in today's basketball are on Golden State and ninety percent of the money also Golden State Warriors by eleven is easily the best winning team in margin selection with about half the bets on the market currently paying six thirty five. And just quickly for the cricket too, Smithy mm. once again New Zealand top run scorer market by a country mile.
3: Wow, interesting, okay Ross Taylor saying he thought that Devon Conway Should go up and open uh, Interesting, uh, instead of batting it forward Dead swap with uh, Will Young For this test match Don't think it'll happen, maybe it should It is uh, Liam Messon we've got after the break To talk about boxing And rugby of course
1: for making Polaris New Zealand's
2: number one selling side-by-side brand. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
3: Yep, it's 11.03 here on SENZ, and it's time to talk uh, a little bit of boxing and a little bit of rugby as well. And yesterday, Dean Lonergan and his crew announced the uh, card for the next fight for life, headlined uh, with a battle between All Blacks uh, legend Kevin Mialamu Warriors fan favourite Wairangi Kupu uh, on that card. Also two of New Zealand's most exciting boxing prospects and Andre Mikulovic and uh, Jerome Papalom. Uh, they're both there as well with uh, bouts. you think that they would probably win. Plus uh, Carlos Spencer will face Paul Whatewera. Uh, and our next guest Liam Messam squares off against the Samoan League international James Gavin. Of course Liam himself uh, an icon of Waikato with 85 appearances thus far for Waikato, 184 for the Chiefs all black number 108 to, uh, with 43 all black appearances to his name sounds like a pretty busy life so far doesn't it uh, but he's made some time for us this morning uh, Liam, uh, good morning to you uh, what made you sign up for Fight for Life this time round to
9: take on James Gabbett mate Hey, morning morning Um yeah, it's just a great event to be a part of, um, yeah, I'm a, a massive boxing fan and yeah, um, all, yeah, it just really keen to get on this card, and um, as you said before, there's some um exciting young boxers on show as well, so um, to better promote those guys and give them a, a big platform like this, um, you know, the the quality on this card is, is outstanding yeah i was
3: just going to think i was saying that usually when we see a, a fight for life program we see lots of uh, celebrities as such uh slugging it out for the first and last time in their lives but you're right this is boxing talent extraordinaire on on display we don't get off uh, often get to see this on one night
9: yeah no like if you look at the uh, or celebrities or has been um, they're all pretty decent in the ring um, Carlos kevi um Wairang, even porphy twitter um are decent with their hands so the quality with the with the the old has beens is, is pretty high as well, but it's uh, it's exciting with these young young fighters that are actually having a fight. Guys like Andre, Jerome, um, Chucky, and, and Francis. You know those those two um, fights are going to be absolutely um, crackers. So I'm really looking forward to seeing those guys bang at it.
3: What do you know about James Gavitt, the fighter, mate?
9: Yeah, not a lot. Um, actually, got to see him in person yesterday at the uh, at the announcement. Uh, he's a, a big physical lad. Um, so yeah, it's just going, to be, going to be good fun We're just going to get in there and, and have some fun And um, you know, I know he's going to be coming out hard He trains at the uh, famous Peaches gym out West Auckland So he's going to be fit and ready um, So yeah, we've just got to do what we've got to do down here And, and get ready for that fight
3: Well, speaking of training uh, You've been putting some fairly serious work in With some uh, terrific names David Nika in particular You've been training with uh, former New Zealand champion Cairo George as well um, what things have you been focusing on? What have they been teaching you?
9: Yeah, I've got a I've got a real good team around me. Um, yeah, we we just really focus on the basics of boxing. Really, just as any sportsman,ly you just focus on the basics and the rest will come. So, um, basics and, and fitness. Fitness is the key to boxing. If if you're not fit, it's a very very lonely place uh, in that ring. If you, you, you haven't done the work.
3: Okay, let's uh, look at boxing and what it means to you, Liam, personally. Uh, you know, you're you're already 3-0 in and in a professional career, which is just getting started. What uh, what pointed you towards boxing on a serious note?
9: Oh, I've, I've always been a massive boxing um, fan. I remember uh, as a kid sitting next to my old man, watching Friday night fights. I used to always enjoy Friday, so I knew that day was coming. So, um, yeah, just obviously they're yeah, just a massive rugby uh boxing fan sorry and and just now I get the opportunity to to get in there and do it and I absolutely love it um I wouldn't say it's a career in boxing because um, when loss or draw i'll be uh, back at it at uh, at the gym the next day, so yeah, it's just one of those passions that I get the opportunity to have a crack at it now, so yeah, taking taking with both hands.
3: Who, who were the boxers that you admired, you know, when you were looking at it and, and sort of inspiring you? Who, what were the fights? Who were the, who were the kind of boxers that, that really grabbed
9: you? Oh, I used to love David Tua. Obviously, Kiwi boy. Um, watching him grow up and fighting Lennox Lewis, um, you know, he, he sort of liked that fire in me. I um, love watching like, Manny Pacquiao, um, and even to date, I know people love him or hate him. Um, Money Mayweather, uh, you know, just the the school um, that they, those guys show. Um, what I love about boxing is the, the science behind it, about picking a pony apart. And uh, most people can get in the ring and, and just swing away and, and I just you know, just go for it. But it's those guys that actually put the, the science behind it and turn into a bit of a, a chess match. Not that I'm any good at chess, but uh, that's, that's what I like. <laughs> it could
3: be a third thing in line for you. It's quite, quite a bit apart, though, <laughs> no, actually. Boxing, rugby and chess, mate. Hey, let's talk, you talk about hitting the gym and you obviously clearly go on a very, very regular basis. So tell us a wee bit about preparing to uh, to box as a pre- as opposed to being uh, preparing for an all-black test match, for instance, and maybe things like the diet as well as you get closer.
9: Yeah, well, with boxing, it's, it's twice a day, six days a week. You only get one day off um, and it's real, like every session is, is, you know, real grueling you're in a, a dark place and you're hurting every every minute of the, of the session. Uh, with rugby, obviously, there's a lot more homework and a lot more analysis that needs to be done um, with what your game plan is and whatnot. And um, you get the luxury of having a little bit more cushion when you play rugby. Um, so, uh, yeah, with, with the diet and things, no matter what you sort of eat, um, I, I eat pretty clean and healthy anyway, but, um, you know, the weight just seems to fall off when you're boxing and probably due to training twice a, twice a day, um, six days a week.
3: So, what about the mental side of it, uh, Liam? I've often wondered about this. Is, uh, is it lonely? I mean, do you, do you think? How much do you think about it uh, outside the training, as opposed to perhaps preparing for like an All Black test match?
9: Yeah, well, no, it's, it's not lonely. Um, you, you do have a, a, a team around you and a great bunch of, of guys around you, um, whoever's in your team. And, um, and I'm just a sponge. I'm just asking questions. They probably, my team's probably annoyed with me because I'm asking him every single question you can think of of boxing. Um, and yeah, in the ring, you're, you're there by yourself, but you, you do rely on your on your coaching and, and your team to, to get you through those those moments. And you have your good days and your bad days, and those bad days, you, you take a lot of learnings. Um, and I just love like, learning about the sport and, and the craft.
3: Last doubting was um, a points win over Thomas Russell. The, you've had three fights in your career as such, and, and uh, you don't know how far it's going to go as such, but... How, how how do you feel you're, tra- you're tracking along so far?
9: Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, like I said, I've taken a lot of learnings from from my last fight to my fight that I had um, a year ago now. Um, and I just yeah, like I said, I'm a sponge and um, just taking it all in. And um, I love you know getting in the ring and sparring with with these young and up and coming guys. And um, you know they want to they want to take off all blacks' head, so they're, they're all keen to to get in there and and dance around. So um, I take yeah, a lot of learnings and. Oh, you know, whatever happens, happens in in the sport. Um, If I move forward, if I'm not, um, I'm just, you know, just taking it as it comes.
3: Sure, Okay. Uh, Now, the event, uh, Dean Lonergan always finds a a really worthy cause with a percentage of uh, sales donated to I Am Hope, uh, which is a mental health and suicide prevention charity. um, Liam, which is uh, very current in today's society, isn't it? So it's a cause well well worth uh, gloving up for, as you say.
9: Yeah, 100%. And there's a lot of guys on the card that's had their own battles. And, um, you know, that's why they've signed up for it. So it's a great cause. It's, it's going to be a great event. And, you know, again, can't um, stress how um, quality of the boxing is going to be from not just the boxers, but these, uh, these so-called uh, has-beens.
3: Yeah, it's going to be great, I would imagine, uh, whatever, because you're eventually, once it's all said and done, you'll be able to compare notes with the likes of, of Kevi Mialamu, Waurangi Korpul, Korpul. Um, but there's been a bit of focus on Kevin and as he he looks to get started on a on a career. So uh, what what have you heard about Kev? What shape he's in and how he's going?
9: Yeah, well, Kev's always in great shape. Um, he, he bloody looks like he can play halfback if he wanted to with the with the body and the shape that he's he's put himself into. Um, you know, he's a great man. I've got a lot a lot of respect for for Kevy. So um, yeah, he's he's looking in, in great shape. Got Monty in there um looking after him. So he be the same, he just. be just um, learning every day. Um, and it's exciting when you're you're sort of into a new sport and you're trying to learn new things.
3: Well, Carlos comes back to the ring after he previously lost to Monty Beatham, and uh, not many people would not lose to Monty Beetham. So uh, that was, what, seven, eight years ago. So uh, um, Carlos against uh, Paul Wharawera, that that looks an interesting matchup.
9: Yeah, it does, does look like an interesting matchup. Hopefully, uh, Carlos will leave his uh, shirt on this time. But, um, you know, both those guys, I think, have had um, experience in boxing. So, um, yeah, the quality in that fight is going to be be awesome too. And I know um, Loss is is keen to get back. I think he's in America at the moment coaching over there. So I know he's keen to get back here and and start a bit of training.
3: Okay. um, Speaking of uh, competitions, uh, we can't let you go without uh, a little chat about tomorrow night. (laughs) your, Your Chiefs. Your Chiefs taking you on the Crusaders, um, of course, Super Rugby semi-final. Last time down there, Liam, they knocked them over 24-21. How do you uh, see their chances this time around?
9: Yeah, they got they got a big chance. Um, it's, it's finals footy, anything can happen. Um, I know that you know they went down there last time to beat them, so their confidence that they can go down there and do it again will be high. Um, but knowing that group of, of guys, they won't be um, relying on what they've done in the past. They'll be... Focusing on tomorrow and just going down there and ripping in, and um, you know it's going to be a, a awesome, awesome game, both semi-finals. Are. So it's uh, yeah, the, the crunch end of uh, the competition where you want to be at. So um, you know, knowing the Chiefs boys, I know they'll be going down there and, and ripping into the Crusaders and, and seeing what happens.
3: I look forward to it because uh, there's a lot of All Black candidates, particularly in the forward packs here. If I look at the two locks uh, on both sides, you've got to uh, provide, of course. So, Brody Ritalak, uh, Sam Whitelock uh, and of course Scott Barrett, uh, and that, uh, as they say, generally is where it's won and lost up front.
9: Yeah, sure, it's, it's the, old, the old cliche, and, and it is. It's a uh, it's a gladiator sport. It's a uh, physical sport, so that Type Five need to lay the foundation and get stuck into to uh, to any to any game. So that's going to be where the key is.
3: Are you uh, excited uh, just looking at your area of, uh, of expertise where you've played so much rugby so far, and I'm not saying you're finished by any stretch of the imagination, so uh, I'm just I'm just looking at our loose forward mix, just not so much in this game either. Um, nationally, do uh, you think we're in, in good heart uh, in those
6: areas?
9: Oh, yeah, we are, especially in loose forwards. Um, that's one thing New Zealand's always been blessed at, is, is having such great talent in, in one area, and um, if you look across the whole, whole team, all the five teams, um, any of those guys... Could, could wear that black jersey so um, yeah lucky we're not selected for this with All Blacks because it will be a bloody hard job to do
3: yeah well they're going to have to make some decisions very shortly Liam that uh, first test against Ireland is uh, not far away I, I, I noticed um, there's no been no um, announcement or anything uh, Waikato this year any chance?
9: yeah hopefully hopefully that's that's the plan um, hopefully Ross Filippo is listening to this interview and uh, comes to my door with a contract <laughs> But yeah, we're working towards <laughs> things. Um, um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to. I'm sort of um, stuck on 99 games for for the Mighty moolies. I uh, would love to, to get get to that hundred, but uh, you know the body's still good, the mind's still good. Um, and you know I don't I don't you know play for for milestones like that. But um, if I'm still having a real positive impact and influence within the group, then you know I'll continue to, to do so. Um, not just off the field, but um, on the field as well. So yeah, we're just gonna see what happens if uh, Roscoe turns up with uh, with a contract.
3: I would imagine he's uh, already got it written out. He's just, uh, he's just a case of uh, finding out what day to come and knock on your door, mate. Because he'd be silly if he didn't. He'd be very silly if he didn't, mate. Uh, well, well, uh, we'll talk with you uh, again perhaps after the fight, mate. And uh, uh, prior to that hundredth game for Waikato. All the best, mate. All the best in the preparation. Uh, yes, great really? having some time with you. This, great having some time Thanks. with you, mate. Cheers. Liam Messum there of course uh, iconic uh, uh, around the the Waikato area uh, sitting on 100 games 99 at the moment 100 appearances for the mighty Mulu as he says 184 for the Chiefs of course he's bailed them out from time to time as well doesn't look like he's going to have to this time around in fact I see Sam Kane coming back into the reserves uh, for that match tomorrow night coming off the bench and they're pretty strongly uh, placed in terms of uh, loose forwards around the Chiefs area. Uh, it is 11.16 uh, here on SENZ uh, we shall be back very shortly not far away from a uh, Stump Smith either on this Thursday.
2: New Zealand's number one selling side by side brand. Summer or winter he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa this is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ
3: It is 11.22 here on SENZ and uh, one of the hottest topics of the week uh, has been the turmoil at the Warriors and you can't describe it as anything less, that's exactly what it is. Uh, And one bloke who I know um, is passionate about the Warriors, has been for a long, long time um, is uh, Zane who has uh, taken the time out to call us uh, in this half hour as well. Zane, good morning to you, Uh, you've heard and read a lot what's going on, Uh, what do you make of it all?
11: I um, don't about it. good morning, mate. I, um, the, the comment you got earlier from someone telling you to have a listen to um, Mark Robinson's interview, um, yep. as if that was actually going to tell us something we'd, we'd want to hear, I just took the time to listen to that on another station. The guy is absolutely delusional. I, um, no logical argument for coming out of his mouth regarding anything that's happening at the moment.
3: So uh, that's, that's pretty interesting, actually, um, And in respect to Stacey Jones. did he have any thoughts on Stacey Jones?
11: Well, in the one breath he said, out of respect to Stacey, we're not looking at um, hiring a new coach for the next four weeks. We want to give him a chance to fall into the role. Two minutes later he said Stacey doesn't want the role going forward um, next year. What the hell are they investing in, like, in waiting for him to change his mind if the guy doesn't want the job going forward? Um, the, the other thing that really got me is he said that there's no problem with the culture the culture's amazing is he that disengaged with the fan base and the media to not see that the way he's carrying on and Cameron George is carrying on at the moment is having a bigger impact on this club than I think than anything has ever happened in the past in my memory over the past 27 years to, to the point yeah, That's that
6: interesting.
3: night po- yeah. Yeah, you go on mate I'll, I'll come back to you
11: yeah, put, to, to the point that last night I had this really odd feeling inside me after reading his comments about what he said about Madge and not being the guy basically being a loser and not being for our club. Something changed inside of me, mate, that I've never felt this before. But I think I can see myself drifting away from this club if this guy doesn't step back and Cameron George doesn't start taking a bit more of a realistic attitude towards the way they're engaging with the media. It's just it's it's becoming too much.
3: You know, what interests me about this word culture, and there's a lot of uh, variations on the, um, on the meaning of it, the definition of it for me, but when you talk about culture of a sports club, which has been around quite a while, and they have now, uh, you do have to talk about the fan base. You do have to talk about the way they handle things, not just the feeling within the amongst the players and the club. They have to engage with the supporters, and I, I think you made an, make an excellent point there. I mean... What for you, uh, what, is, what does culture mean for you, uh, Zane?
5: So the
11: thing you probably don't know, mate, is I fix dysfunctional companies for a living, like Fortune 500 type right. companies. Um, yep. The first thing I'll find when I go into a large company is I'll ask each member or key members of their team, tell me what the vision is for this company coming from the seed management, management, and what is your role and expect, well, the expected role that you need to contribute to deliver that vision? And in dysfunctional organisations without question, there's no consistent answer. And I can guarantee you, if I went and interviewed every one of those players and managers within that club and asked them that question, I don't believe we'd get a clear answer because I don't believe there is a clear vision. And it starts right at the top.
3: Do you uh, how much do you factor in the fact they haven't been home? Do you expect anything anything more clear anything uh, any more clarity on the issue when they are actually on our shores? See,
11: like I'm not frustrated with the team right now. We've had our ups and downs on the field over the years. We've had you know coaching issues. Being in an Australia does not impact Mark Robinson's attitude towards the fans and the media. His narcissistic, ar- arrogant attitude. And likewise with Cameron Smith is just being dismissive and he's taking the piss, believing that we're going to buy into these stories. Not once have they given us a clear and logical answer as to why we would pay out Matt Lodge $700,000 of our cap if there's not something happened behind the scenes. That's got nothing to do with COVID and being based in Australia, mate. That, is,
3: that, that to me was uh, the ultimate uh, for me. That's when I started to really take notice of... of on what's going on there, because that is that is unprecedented um, uh, for a bloke who, who was always going to be marginal anyway uh, in, uh, in terms of his his behaviour, uh, his pedigree said that that was going to be the case, uh, and all of a sudden he walks away with the biggest fattest check and goes and plays a bit of club rugby just to, to really poke fun at them. I mean, uh, that to Isn't me was me pretty, in, 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 yeah.
11: You saw you saw his passion over the past five weeks. He was the only senior player showing clear and open frustration on the field. You could tell he just wasn't happy in an unprofessional organisation. So it's fine he leaves, but you don't pay a guy out for the next 18 months if he's the guy who puts his hand up and says he wants out. It's
3: illogical. It mm. is illogical. Say, say you went in, Zane, and you had the opportunity to, to go and What would you ask Sean Johnson?
11: Um. I would ask him again what, what he thinks his role in, in, was is within this team. But um, before I actually talk to him, I'd like to know the background that was reported out of SEM um, in Australia that our senior halfback and two other senior players basically tried to get the coach removed three weeks ago. I'd like to know the background of that and then ask him his opinion on what he, what he actually did.
3: So uh, what about, um, uh, there we get texts in, as you will imagine, uh, quite a few are saying it's time's up on, you can't get rid of Mark Robinson, he owns a joint, but um, w- what about Cameron George and, and um, anyone else involved at, at this point? Yeah, is, is for you, has the bloodletting stopped?
11: Well, the way I look at it is I have not met either guy, but from all accounts, those two are sick as Steve's. If you listen, um, Cameron George was interviewed the other day He was asked directly, are you concerned about your position? No, I'm not. And basically went on to explain how thick as thieves him and Mark Robinson are, so I don't believe that he's in a position to make um, balanced judgments, calls for what's best for this footy club when he's looking to appease the owner. And neither of them have a clear NRL um, management background so who do we have with footy IQ in this club to actually drive it in the right direction? We have a general manager of football who's a former assistant coach who didn't um, deliver very well when he had an opportunity to turn a club around as a temporary coach himself. Then we go straight down to Stacey Jones. We do not have footy IQ within, IQ within the senior leadership.
3: So, so Zane, just to it. finish off, what, what's going to break it for you? What's going to be the last straw or what will it take for you to, uh, to, to regain some faith?
11: Uh, for a start, for Mark Robinson to step back, um, particularly from the, you know, within the media, it's his comments. Like, you know, I hate to think of what he's saying behind the scenes, but when I'm hearing these comments with such a dismissive and narcissistic tone to them, it, he's the guy, he, he reminds me of Trump, mate. The more I hear of him, the more I dislike the organisation, and that's not fair on the players and those trying to deliver um, the results that I've fallen in love with for the past 27 years, that guy's destroying it for me
3: Zane uh, thanks so much mate for making yourself available, uh, I've loved this 5-6 uh, minutes, it's, it's been quite enthralling actually uh, to listen to uh, an informed person uh, who takes all the views in, not just the results, takes all the views in uh, pleasure mate, please don't be a stranger uh, call back any time, it's been great thanks for Thanks for the opportunity, mate. appreciate it. Yeah, cheers. Zane there, uh, folks, and I, I think that was uh, quite revealing, wasn't it? I mean, there's a man who's 27 years, he's almost been a lifer. Uh, in fact, he has been a lifer in terms of the club for the Warriors. Uh, and I would imagine he echoes the thoughts of a lot of people out there uh, who are frustrated. I will listen, uh, Zane, uh, to that uh, particular interview. I will listen, Neil, and make up... Uh, my own mind on it, but and i try not to do it with, uh, with uh, Zane's opinions in my head, but I, I respect Zane because uh, we do get a lot of texts from him, folks, uh, and not just fly-by-night texts, um, and he considers a, his opinions on, on a lot of things, and uh, we know now that he's got an experience in, in uh, sorting situations out, so <clears throat> very good, uh, I learned something every day, and I learnt uh, a lot about Zane uh, this morning, and we thank him for that input. Thank you, too, for your participation every single day uh, in our stump smithy. And that is uh, what we're up for now. 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. Uh, And uh, we will put up 50 bucks today. Yeah, 50 bucks from the TAB as well as some sleep drops as well. Uh, That to come after the news here with Araha.
5: Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job.
13: Yeah, for this week at least, it is time to potentially get stumped by Smithy. Off tomorrow, tomorrow we've got Daniel McCarty, uh, not sure how he's going to feel on debut behind the stumps there, Smithy, but today we've got up for grabs $50 TAB bonus bet from our good friends there, plus uh, some Sleep Drops Daytime Revive, try New Zealand Sleep Drops for all ages, lifestyle stages and sleeping challenges, always read that label and take us directed, check out sleepdrops.co.nz. Before I bring our first contestant up to the crease, Smithy, how are you? You feeling about your chances today yeah
3: pretty good absolutely pretty good motivated by uh, our listeners this morning and the text and the calls that have come in so I'm pretty fired up about it that last one in particular uh, we've had uh, Neville from uh, Invercargill I think uh, Nev. Uh, we're going to give you the chemist warehouse voucher for 50 bucks and the reason why uh, we, we gave you that Nev, is because uh, it just feels right to do so to be honest I, I just felt felt uh, elder statesman, uh, great uh, opinion, and that's taking nothing away from uh, the other people at court as well. Um, and uh, Neville, we'd love to hear from you again. There's Neville in Dunedin and Neville in Invercargill. They are smart Neville's down south, that's for sure. <laughs> Who have we got to, to take on today?
13: Yeah. Uh, today, first up. Well, Neville has some great calls on schoolboy, schoolboy rugby. That is definitely why he's picked up the prize there. But in line here for Stump, though, Smithy first at the crease, Ryan from Christchurch. Come in, mate.
0: How you going
13: boys, you all right? Great, doing great. Yeah, we're, we're, we're fired up, Ryan. Uh, Crusaders this
3: weekend, is it just uh, straightforward for you?
5: I'd like to think so, but I think losing Blackout is a big loss, um, so you yeah, will see what happens tomorrow night.
3: Yeah, we certainly will, and you're right, he's had a hell of a season, but uh, Tom Christie in and, uh, and, The 7 jersey, so uh, a fine player in his own right. And that is the story of the Crusaders. i have pretty much got most places covered more than once. Uh, Okay, what are the subjects today then uh, for us,
13: Logan? subjects for you today, guys, these are all three close to your heart, Smithy. Cricket, rugby or golf? Take your pick, Ryan.
11: I have to go rugby, please.
13: Please. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Thank you. Here we go man is will get you so far in life alright Ryan first question for you oh this is great because you're from Christchurch Crusaders head coach Scott Robinson and the forwards coach Jason Ryan will be reaching a milestone as a coaching duo in that semi-final what is that milestone?
5: 100 games that's a couple of chips down make wicket right in the slot and the way it goes
13: pretty sure you would have been all over that too Smithy.
3: Oh, smash that one straight out of Hagley Oval, straight <laughs> over the Avon, straight downtown. That was that easy. Goodness yeah. me. <laughs>
13: <laughs> okay, second question for you, Ryan and Smithy. Speaking of milestones, with fifty-eight tests to her name, who is the most capped Black Fern? Oh. Uh, the Kendra
5: Cockley. Just a couple of chips down the wicket,
13: right in the slot, and away it goes. Another can-tab, Smithy.
3: Uh, and a, f- a hell of a player. Great great uh, lady too, Kendra Coxedge. So uh, congratulations to her. Yes, she achieved that milestone last week against Australia, so... Uh, and a character what a character as well Ryan you are two from two but this is the one that matters buddy this is the one it's a last question shootout
13: as the Dark Destroyer would say on the chase (laughs) how good I love the chase okay last question for you Ryan Liam Messon made his All Blacks debut back in 2008 on the end of year tour to Europe which fellow All Black did he share that debut with?
6: 2008 jeez
13: um, exactly. I don't know. Aaron
6: Cruden.
11: One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field.
13: Good guess, but no, not, not Aaron Cruden. Smithy, over to you. 2008,
3: now this is about 95 times more dif- difficult than the first two questions, so uh, <laughs> let me think about this and think about this very, very carefully. 2008, uh, he is all black, as I recall made in my notes this morning about All Black number 1082 Uh, I really am just waxing on here because I've got no idea I shall say in this regard he made his debut with um, not Aaron Cruden Um, I think he made his debut with oh god I don't know Um, uh, 1982, 82, 82 No, nah. I, I, I really have got uh, no idea I'll, I'll just say uh, I'll just for the hell of it say Cody Taylor
13: One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field I really thought this was going to come out of the bag uh, It's Kieran Reid Kieran Reid was the answer
5: oh. Wow Oh, Rito. Good God
13: Okay
3: well so it's been a Canterbury morning, isn't it? Really, so we've come up with Kendra Edge, We've come up with uh, Razor and Jason Ryan. We've come up with Karen Reed, and we've come up with Ryan as a winner. What the hell? I mean, really, really,
13: I, really? It's, uh, It sounds what like I mean? a stitch up, but I planned that was. I, I that was not planned. We did an investigation. Yeah, Ryan. Um, the balloon's up. Uh,
3: the uh, racing integrity unit's having a look at this quiz. But uh, in the meantime, you are the winner. Congratulations. Have a gr- have a great weekend. Uh, stay on the line. And uh, hey, Brian, will take your details off you. Uh, in the end, mate, you got two out of three. You deserve to win anyway. So thank you. Uh, thanks for taking part. Cheers, boys. Yeah, cheers. Uh, And, uh, yeah, Crusaders Chiefs tomorrow night. Uh, Look forward to that. It's uh, 11.40 here on SENZ. We've got uh, some more stuff to get through in the next 20 minutes before we hand over to Sam Hewitt.
1: Thank you, New Zealand, for making Polaris
2: New Zealand's number one selling side-by-side brand. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. It's the Great Greyhound Racing New Zealand Charity
3: Run. Join us each week as we uh, try to raise funds for four New Zealand charities. Uh, Each of our shows across the day has uh, a greyhound every week and uh, our money uh, particularly goes towards... uh, Women's Refuge, and at the moment, uh, we're uh, up to $1,010. It's been two to three weeks since we've actually uh, added anything to that list, so it's about time that we did. So tomorrow we're going to Addington, um, and uh, it's race seven, number three. It's called Mine Hunter. Uh, Mine Hunter, race seven, number three at Addington. Uh, and make sure you tune in to SENZ every Sunday from 11 o'clock in the morning till midday for Greyhound Racing New Zealand's Dog Speed hosted by two legendary Greyhound experts, Mark Rosanowski and Andy McCook. So don't miss a beat with Greyhound Racing, New Zealand's dog speed. And, of course, what follows there uh, is um, Harness Racing's Pacing for Purpose uh, review. Also, it's part of Trot's talk between 12 and 1. Uh, and that's with uh, Greg O'Connor and Mick of course. So those two hours in particular, the Greyhounds from 11 to 12, the Trot's from 12 to 1, where you catch up uh, on everything that's going on In those particular industries Uh, We've had uh, a number of uh, texts that have uh, come in here So try to whistle through a few of them now Uh, Shout out to Zane, very insightful That's from Paul Warriors need Zane now, bring him in Uh, That's from Dale Scott says uh, the only thing uh, Robinson has got right Was bringing back the club colours Okay, says uh, Scott um, On a slightly more pleasant subject And it has been a little bit uh, unpleasant, hasn't it? Uh, the Morning Smithy, I would love to call in, but I uh, am travelling the back roads to your hometown currently. How blessed are we, we uh, with live sport at the moment? That Origin game last night was one of the best that I've seen in years. The one thing letting down, uh, letting it down is Fitler coming out today saying that a couple of refs calls potenti- potentially may have cost them the game. Yeah, I uh, didn't like that either. Super Rugby semi-finals. Well, these are going to be two tremendous games. Fingers crossed for the Pulse to win in the Netball Championship and the Black Caps to get the job done over England. That is from Cam. Yep, plenty to uh, admire overnight, but plenty to look forward to uh, over the weekend as well, Cam. You're absolutely spot on there. Uh, Morena Smithy, a magnificent game of rugby league last night on display. Uh, As a rookie coach, I thought I saw glimpses of Bellamy and how Slater went about his business. That's an interesting comparison too. Uh, Great to see a lot of young faces in both teams. Bodes well for the future of state of origin games wonderful interview with ross taylor also thank you Hone, from atoka Maru bay thank you very much honey as always for uh, getting in touch with us now um you might have heard picked up earlier in the morning oh, i'm way tomorrow i can uh, i'm uh, on my way to christchurch to do that rugby game tomorrow night and i can hear you all cheering already but uh, that is the case uh the news is that uh, daniel mccarty is coming in into the hot seat uh, he'll be doing it based out of wellington uh, i understand uh, what Daniel McCarty will be featuring tomorrow on a show, amongst a lot of other things, crossing to Trent Bridge to preview the second test. Um, he will also be talking to Justin Nelson, of course, uh, to preview round seven of the sales NBL. His old mate Grant Elliott will join him uh, as well. They're partners in crime on Saturday on this uh, particular station as well, as you will uh, recall. So uh, Grant Elliott will be in with uh, McCarty as well, Daniel McCarty. and They'll be looking at... Um, Uh, at the test match as well in earnest and uh, perhaps team selection if it doesn't come out beforehand team selection will be very interesting whether New Zealand uh, are going to reveal their team they usually have in the past but they were very uh, late in revealing it at the toss uh, before the other test match at Lords this one at Trent Bridge their plan might be just a little bit more evident a little bit more obvious going into it a little further out so uh, we'll wait and see on on that count as well Uh, so yeah, interesting uh, that Daniel McCarty will be in there um, and uh, just looking at uh, Brooks Koepka, the rumours coming through now that Brooks Kepka might be starting to uh, think about going across to Live Golf or LIV 54 uh, Golf, which have played, of course, over three rounds of starts uh, this weekend, I'm led to believe, with this first tournament. Um, you've uh, picked up on that, uh, Logan Swinkles, throughout the morning?
13: Yeah, just a real, this is one of those real cryptic things you see online on Twitter. All he's done is tweeted, the I emoji three times which I'm and you look at all the comments and people are saying please don't go please go chase that money it's just different opinions on LIV but three three I emojis LIV that that's where I'm seeing it well
3: I thought he might have uh, posted something else in terms of emojis with the news that is great great mate and I say that in a Bryce Bryson December was looking at uh, perhaps popping across I might, thought, I might have thought there'd be of, uh, two or three other emojis come up from Brooks Koepka, but this thing's gaining teeth. And how long will it be? And that'll be probably an issue I'd like to look at perhaps at the start of next week. How long will it be before the PGA start to get genuinely worried and the RNA start to get genuinely worried? How many more big names will it take before they really start to look at uh, trying to find some middle ground on this thing? I think it's going to happen because money is so big. The money is so big. It's just too tempting for those guys who love money. And uh, for instance, Kepka, I just had a look at Kepka. He's won 27 million so far on the USPGA. 27 million. Not enough, eh? Clearly not enough to live on. Hmm, 11.51 here on SENZ. Sam Hewitt next.
2: When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it.